we are in the summer series, The Good Life, and we, we, we're learning so much about life. One of the great principles that we have learned is that uh, we don't think the way this world thinks. We don't. Now, it's, how many know we have a struggle with that, right? We struggle with that. We struggle because uh, we hear so much in, in the culture, and the culture, our culture tries to shape us. And in some ways, you know, cool, whatever. You know, how you want to cut your hair, that's cool. You know, if you have hair, cut it. Uh, that was funny. Anyway. Uh, uh, but the, the pattern, do not conform any longer to the pattern, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And that's what we've been doing. We've been taking everything in our lives and comparing it to God's Word. That's what we're doing. We're taking it, and He is, in, in, he is blessing and changing and improving our lives. Uh, I, I believe today's message is going to greatly, I think as all of these messages we have, is, is going to uh, heavily be impacted by where we were last Sunday. We talked about a better you and uh, we talked about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and faith. I'm, I'm going to continue today, and I'm going to talk about a better faith out of Hebrews chapter 11 and 1. And I have purposely chosen this, the translation of Scripture. You want to read this with me? Hebrews 11 and 1. Read it out loud. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Read it again. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Use the word assurance. Say it. Assurance. Assurance. That's powerful. I, I can be assured. I can be confident. It's another word. Faith is the confidence. The confidence. Um, I, um, I, I have clear purpose on this. I, I want you in this message, there, there are some of you that are weak, some of you that are struggling with faith, some who have, anybody just been without faith before? Like, where are you, God? I don't even know any. Anybody been there? Wave at me, okay? So I want us to defeat that, not only now, but I want to defeat that for the future as well. I want you to always be able to walk in the assurance uh, because of faith. I want to talk to you about what that is. Uh, how many have had a vacation? Anybody had any kind of vacation this year? Yeah. See, a lot of people don't have vacation. Our culture is not very vacation-oriented, so we've been doing the staycation thing, uh, discovering where we can be, what we can do. But uh, there are some fic fictional beliefs that we have regarding going away, and one of the fictional beliefs that we have is that you can go away, and when you come back, your mess will be gone. Right? That's, that's not the truth, right? If, if you go away, you will come back, and the same mess that was there will still be there when you get back. All right? Uh, my wife, and I'm sure it's because of my wife. This is something that she has caused to happen in our life over these many years we've been married. Suitcases, no matter how late we get back, suitcases are unpacked before we go to bed. I'm telling you, if it's 1 o'clock in the morning, we got to unpack those suitcases, all right? And then they're put away, clothes are in the right place, they're in the closets, wherever they are. I'm telling you, for the, the next morning you wake up, it's just a blessing, all right? It's a blessing. But here's the other thing. Uh, the mess that we left while we were packing frantically, it's still there, right? Uh, and there's something that's amazing about the grass in my yard, okay, that when I return... It does not remain mowed the way it was when I left. Now, it would seem like everything would just halt, but it grows and it gets out of control and some things that, anything that was left undone. So I, I want you to, I, I want you in this message today as we're moving forward, I want you to get ready because God has a good future for you. And God has a better future for you, but your future is massively involved, uh, is, is massively connected with your faith. How many know school's about to start? Anybody know that? Somebody praise God. I got some mamas and daddies shouting hallelujah. Come on. 
Hallelujah. My baby going back to school. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So, uh, mm, so because of that, you're doing some things. You got a new season that's coming up. This coming uh, Saturday, we'll be doing a back-to-school presentation in the yard, uh, in the parking lot here. We're giving away free clothes. We're giving away free food. We got hot dogs and stuff for the community. We're giving away backpacks and school supplies and haircuts. All of that, Diana was announcing it, because people need to get ready, get ready, get ready, all right? Because the day before, you're going to be running out to Walmart the night before school starts. I'm preaching to somebody, so. Future is coming. Listen, ready or not. Ready or not. We should organize ourselves. Listen, we need to organize ourselves according to God's word for the future. Because without it, our future is bleak. When we struggle with faith, when we don't have faith, you're like that woman at the well. What's going on with my life? I can't see myself moving forward. And ultimately, we are confused. We're often mistaught, especially when it comes to faith. And I want you to have a better faith. If you have a better faith, you'll have a better future. I want you to know what it means to walk in faith and have faith as when, even when we're walking in times of conflict and difficulty. So... I'm going to submit to you that here's my experience as a pastor. Most Christians that I encounter are struggling with faith. And many of them do not really have faith because they are misinformed about what faith is. Am I okay? Misinformed about what faith is. Faith may not be what you think it is. I, I told you I'm going to preach a little bit like I did last week. All right. So how many know we got coffee out front? Anybody know that? Somebody praise God for coffee? Can I get a coffee? Amen. All right. If you drank coffee, you ought to be able to say amen right now. Okay. All right. Somebody shout coffee. Hallelujah. All right. Some of you believe in coffee more than you believe in Jesus. Okay. But I didn't have to say that. I just threw that in because it would be me. All right. So how do you like your coffee? Some of you are like, all right, who likes cream? Okay, I got some cream down here somewhere. All right, cream. So when you put cream in your coffee, you take the coffee and you just put cream in it, right? And now it's ready. Now you have to open it and pour it in, all right? Now if you pour the cream in, is your coffee ready? No, because it has to be, all right, if you don't stir it up, it's not right, correct? But if you stir up the coffee, come on, if you like, you don't put sugar in your coffee and say, hey, I got, I, now there's sugar in it. No, no, no. Those of us who understand coffee or tea, all right, understand that if it's not stirred up, then it's just sitting in the bottom of the cup. It doesn't impact it, right? So what we learned is that many of us have had the spirit of God in our life, but we don't ever get stirred up. All right? It's like, thank you, God, for your presence. You know, I believe in Jesus, but you don't get stirred up. In other words, you don't do anything. You don't, there's no shaking that's going on. It's not a part of your life. It's not a part of the mixture, okay? So how many believe that makes a difference? Anybody believe that? Okay. So, so how many of you like tomato soup in your coffee? Okay, I think so. How many like, how many like chicken noodle soup in your coffee? Anybody like that? Or... What about tuna fish? How many think tuna fish in your coffee would be good? Okay. All right. So what I'm hearing you say is that uh, some of us are trying to stir things up that should not be in the coffee in the first place. That it is a possibility to put mess in, come on, in your life and try to make it a part of something that's supposed to revive you and bless you. And you're wondering, well, you know, I'm coming to church, but my life ain't being changed at all. And I'm worshiping God, but I don't know what's happening. I, I believe in God, but I don't see miracles in my life. And you keep stirring and stirring. What I'm telling you is that if you're stirring up toxic things in your spiritual life, then it's no wonder that it does not work. Okay. 
All right. We need better faith, and we need to recognize that there are toxic things. How many are believers? Okay, that's good. But it's a possibility to believe a lie. Okay? I hear people say this all the time. Well, I believe, and I know what's coming next. Toxic. This is what I believe. I don't care what, you know. Listen, it doesn't, what you believe doesn't matter if it's not the truth. But if it's the truth, it's going to taste good, and it's going to change your life. Right? Okay? For instance, how many have ever heard of Peter Pan? Who've heard of, who's heard of Peter Pan? Wave at me if you've ever heard of Peter Pan. All right? Peter Pan. All right? You know the story of Peter Pan, Captain Hook, and all that. And who was Peter Pan's sidekick? Somebody knows Tinkerbell. How many have ever heard of Tinkerbell before? All right? All right? How many know Tinkerbell died? Did you know that? Remember that story? And so Peter Pan had kind of decided that he was going to bring Tinkerbell back to life. And he said, I want everybody to, if everybody will say, I believe, then Tinkerbell will come back to life. All right? So uh, if you watch, years ago, there was a, there actually was like a, a live show of Peter Pan. And it was a girl playing Peter Pan. It was just weird for me. I don't know why. But uh, anyway, Tinkerbell died and, and what's her name? Sandy Duncan, I believe was her name. Does that make sense? Okay. So she looks at everybody on the TV screen. She says, if everybody will clap their hands, then Tinkerbell. So as little kids, we're standing in front of our TV going, <laughs> trying to get Tinkerbell. Okay. So you got to be careful that you don't have Tinkerbell faith. Just saying I believe does not mean that you believe. And just clapping your hands. Am I preaching to anybody right now? And, and sometimes in our, in our life, we end up believing things just because somebody got excited at revival meeting. All right? And we believe that's what faith is. We have promotions. And we, and we lose the pure and powerful aspect of what faith is. Come on. Faith don't always jump up and down. Come on. Faith. Come on. Just because you have faith does not necessarily mean that you won't go through a wilderness. Or you won't be tested. So I want to I help you with your faith. Let me, let me get the tuna fish out of your coffee. Let's get the tuna fish out of your coffee, first of all, by saying a few things. And again, the notes and scriptures are right there in your newsletter if you want to follow on, or you can open up your Bible, all right? First of all, faith is not blind. Has anybody ever heard of blind faith? Man, I'm just going on this blind. I'm just going to, I'm going to trust God and go into this. And we base it off of, for we walk by faith and not by sight, okay? For we walk by faith and not by sight, all right? And I'm going to teach you something about scripture, all right? Don't read a scripture. Read scriptures, Okay, if you'll read scriptures, then you will understand that 2 Corinthians 5 is about a lifestyle, okay? And the life is simply this, that we are on this earth, but we are not of this earth. That's what the scripture is about. He's saying throughout the scripture, you can see it in 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 8, he just walks through this great teaching of we are in a temporary tent, and sometimes this temporary tent, we lay it down, and we are hopeful about laying this tent down because we have a new heavenly tent. Somebody praise God for the heavenly one. Anybody grateful? So the problem is, is that we walk by sight. And when you walk by sight, what, what he's saying is, don't get so connected to this world, to the things that you are seeing, that you stop serving God and stop believing God's word. Realize that we're not citizens of this planet. We're citizens of the kingdom of God. Now, the reason I tell you this is because it's, it's vitally important that you don't end up miscontextualizing things. Uh, here's another toxin. Faith is not belief without evidence. Uh, I, by my, my first college English class, I had to read an essay, uh, a thesis from an atheist, all right? And it, it was just, they thought it was important, you know, uh, about why they don't believe. And they gave it to us, and we had to read it. I was so excited that after we 
digested that. We, they asked questions because I had a lot to say about that that day, all right? And they met me. Uh, but here, here's, here's the concept, okay? Uh, Richard Dawkins, uh, here's, his, here's a quote. The famous, famous atheist. Faith is the great cop-out. The great excuse to evade the need to think and evaluate evidence. Faith is belief in spite of even perhaps because of the lack of evidence. All right? That's, that's atheism. All right? And sometimes in your life, you, you believe or you have this concept that I don't need any evidence. And people who are Christians don't have any evidence. But that's not what the Bible says. In fact, faith is assurance of things hoped for. You can actually say it is the evidence of things that are hoped for. It is conviction. It is knowing. It is that there has been a, an argument made in court and there is the conviction of things that I cannot see with my eyes, but it is, there is evidence. Let me, let me help you with this because uh, I think sometimes we believe biblical faith is contrary to reason. And there, that, that, we, that, that you just can't see it, you can't believe it. That's, it's, it but, but here's what I believe. Faith is consistent with reason. You don't have to be afraid of science because you are a person of faith. Faith is consistent with reason. You put your trust, you put your faith in what you have good reason to believe. It, this is God's understanding as well because he routinely reminds the Israelites. Anybody remember the Israelites? Anybody know the story of Israel? So Israel was enslaved, right? They were in Egyptian bondage. You remember this story? And God, by his mighty hand, through his servant Moses, led them out of the slavery of the most mighty army on the face of the earth. People that were tired, people that were weak, people that were slaves, but they actually walked out without firing a shot, walked across uh, the Red Sea, walked through it on dry ground. Now, over and over, in Exodus 20 and 2, and Exodus 30, 13 and 3, and 14 and 33, Leviticus 25, Deuteronomy 5, Deuteronomy 6, here's what God says. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of slavery. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Anybody got a story like that? Anybody? I have evidence because God showed up. First of all, let me just say this. How many have ever heard of a nation called Israel? That's evidence that God is real. Right there, okay? Israel is there. Did you know that? Uh, if there's ever been a nation that has tried to be destroyed, what nation is it? Israel. Have you ever heard of the Holocaust? But God says, no, I'm not finished with Israel yet. And Israel knows who they are. Why? Because they have heard and it is written upon their hearts that there is a God. Because if there wasn't a God, they would have been destroyed in Egypt. If there wasn't a God, they would have never come back to the promised land. If there wasn't of God, they never would have got across the Red Sea. If there wasn't, if there wasn't a God, yeah, then their nation would not exist. They would not have survived the Holocaust. They know that God has delivered them over and over and over and over and over and over. And anybody else got this story? Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody got a testimony? Wave at me if you've got a testimony. Anybody? I've got a testimony. I have evidence. I reach back to Israel, but I also look at my own life. I tell my story so many times. And there he goes again. But the fact of the matter is, I had third-degree burns covering the right side of my face, and they prayed for me one day, and the burn fell off my face. All right? And the grafts, the skin grafts were canceled. I know that. I know that that's true. It is a medical record, okay? I also know that as a boy, I suffered severe migraine headaches. And one day, I walked down to the altar and told my daddy I was about to have the headache because my hand had went numb, and I know what was coming next. And my father prayed for me that particular day, and I never had a migraine headache since that particular day. Now you say, well, I got migraines. I, I love you. I don't know about your journey. All I can say is that I have evidence, but I also have evidence of this. I knelt at an altar one day as a sinner and confessed my sin to Jesus, and he forgave me and cleansed me of all of my sin. Anybody got evidence? How many believe in Jesus? Why do you believe in Jesus? 
Why? If you read the Bible, if you read John, John writes 21 chapters about all the things that Jesus is doing. And then in verse 31, he explains this. He said, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Okay? Now, just so you know, Jesus is real. Come on, he's historical. How many know that? He's historical. Jesus is real. And Jesus was crucified. And it was witnessed that he rose again. And some people say, well, how do you know? Well, let me tell you. Nero took Christians and lit the streets with their bodies, crucified them, and set them on fire. All right? Now, now listen. Listen. Do you know why those people submitted to that? Because they knew that Jesus had died and rose again, and they no longer had any fear of death because they knew that Jesus had died on the cross, forgiven them of their sins, and now they were not afraid to die. All of these stories. So in Hebrews 11, when the scripture says the evidence for the, 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 that there is evidence or the, there is a conviction of things not seen, it's not a riddle. I am convicted. I may not see Jesus in front of me, but I know who Jesus is. I may not visibly see him today, but I will see him one day. So faith is, faith is not belief without evidence. Faith is not a leap. Anybody heard of I'm taking a leap of faith. Anybody heard that before? Faith is not a leap. All right? Faith is not closing your eyes, jumping out of a plane with the hope that maybe Jesus will throw you a parachute. That's not what it is. Faith is confidence because Jesus is who he says he is. So it, when I trust God, I'm not taking a leap in darkness. I believe that Jesus is who he said he is, did what he said he was going to do, that his word is the absolute truth. Does that make sense to anybody? So I'm not taking a leap. I believe Jesus. You're going to get this in a minute, all right? So uh, faith is faith. Somebody shout out, faith is faith. But sometimes we say things like faith is like what we hope for. You know, does anybody see how that is tuna fish in your coffee? Does anybody see that faith? It's just, I'm just hoping that maybe God will do something. Uh, You see, faith cancels unbelief. I, I still quote Hebrews 11 and 1, you know, in my, the version that I grew up. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I, I still do that. But, but when I, I say that, when I say substance, when I say assurance, you see this lectern right here that I'm standing at? It is not a tree. There's no leaves on it, all right? It's, it's a lectern. There's no evidence. I'm not going to tell you that because that would be a lie, okay? Faith gives us assurance. Faith is, has substance. It's the assurity that Jesus is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. So that gives you a better future. Do you understand the meaning of the word uh, uh, assurance? How many believe God can move a mountain? Anybody believe that? All right, you believe that? So, so when, I, when I say that if you have faith to move a mountain, it doesn't take a large amount of faith. Just faith. Just faith. Because my faith isn't doing it. God said he does it. Praise God. So let me move. So the summer is rolling on, and I want you, I want you to have a better faith. So what is better faith for your next season? Uh, faith is fully believing God. In verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So I, I want to uncomplicate this, all right? And when I say I want to uncomplicate it, um, how many have ever been lied to before? Anybody been lied to? Okay. Here's the deal. If you want to mess up your kids, okay, you really want to mess, up, mess them up, Lie to them, all right? Just go ahead and play some funny games with them, all right? Like, tell them you'll be at the baseball game and then don't show up, all right? Lie to them, all right? And then when you don't show up uh, and they come back to where were you? I decided not to come, but you said you were going to come. Anybody see how that messes up a child? Okay, 
Just, just lie to your kids. Just lie to them. Tell them you're going to throw them a birthday party and then don't do it. All right? They'll be looking around the house all day. All right? And you know what they'll learn if you keep doing that? They'll learn that you are unreliable. And that will become a wound in their heart. So when they begin to look towards Heavenly Father, they'll believe, look, my earthly father, my earthly mother always lied to me. Are you with me on this? Why should I believe my heavenly father? I, uh, I, <laughs> anybody ever had a whooping before? Anybody ever had a whooping? Okay. All right. Now, I know we don't believe in that anymore, but my daddy whooped me, and I still remember my first whooping, okay? The first whooping that I remember, all right, was over lying to my dad. All right? It was a simple thing. You probably heard me tell the story. I was just a little boy, and I had, I had uh, crayons, and I drew a picture of a station wagon with a family around it on the wall, all right? And then Dad asked me, he asked me, did you do this, Ricky, full well knowing that I did it because I was the youngest of three boys at the time, and who else drew stick figures? And I said, no, I didn't do that. And I didn't get whooped for the picture. I got whooped for the lie. All right? I remember that. It's a little sore. My butt's a little sore standing here right now thinking about it. Now, now get this. Get this. Uh, Acts chapter 27 and 25. Uh, Paul is on a ship that was in a storm, and he heard from heaven that they were going to be safe because God had a plan and nobody was going to be lost. And he told everybody, and then verse 25, he said this, Take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. Say that. I have faith in God. It will be exactly as I have been told. Okay? Now listen. I don't want you to believe in God. That sounds weird, doesn't it? All right, because uh, 80% of America believes in God. 56 actually say they believe in the God of the Bible. All right? How many believe that's not working? I don't want you to just believe in God. I want you to believe God. Does that make a difference to anybody? See, there are a lot of people who say, oh, yeah, I believe in God, but do you believe God? All right? How many have uh, ever heard the scripture? I didn't put this up here. just hit me. The scripture, uh, when we are faithless, he is faithful. All right? Isn't that beautiful? You don't know what it means. What it means is that when we are faithless, God will do exactly what he said he would do. That's what it means. We think, he, we are faithless, he is still faithful. No, that's not what it means. That's what it means. It means, uh, anybody remember this? My mama used to say this, when your daddy gets home. Anybody remember that? How many know what that means? Anybody? When daddy gets home. I knew exactly that my daddy would be faithful. All right? So sometimes when we say we believe in God, we believe in our own definition of God. We kind of believe in Peter Pan and Tinkerbell. Come on. And we're putting tuna fish in our coffee and trying to stir it up. And we're saying, why doesn't this work? Why am I not seeing God move in my home or my family? Because we don't really believe God. Come on. That's why I'm kind of thankful. I need to call my dad and thank him for that whooping because lying is bad. In Numbers chapter 23, look at, what, look what the Bible says about lying. God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Romans 3 and 4, let God be true and every man a liar. If anybody says anything contrary to what God says, that's a lie because God is always telling the truth. Hebrews 16, it is impossible for God to lie. Grab hold of that, okay? I want you to hold on to this. Why, why does it seem that we have such a faithless generation? I'm going to tell you why. Because our culture is filled with liars. And God hates lies. And the lies that we live and the lies that we perpetuate and the lies that we tell our neighbors and our children are against the very nature of God. But they reveal the very nature of the devil. 
Jesus said of a certain religious crowd, he said, you're of your father the devil and your will is to do your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. That's John 8, 44. So Satan is a liar. When he talks, he is lying. And people who lie are speaking a language. So when I lie, man, I don't want to lie. Anybody with me on this? I don't want to. I think we play around with this a little bit. Okay, it's okay to lie. Listen, I don't believe you have to tell the truth all the time. Sometimes you just need to keep your mouth shut. Okay? That was good right there. Okay? But when your mouth opens up, it needs to speak truth. Can I get an amen? It needs to speak truth. Otherwise, you're opening the door for the enemy in your life. When we lie, we're speaking a language. When we speak in the language of the Holy Spirit, we prophesy or speak in unknown languages, that's nice. It's the language of heaven. But when you lie, you're speaking the utterance of hell. Stop it. Stop lying. God hates lying. Don't perpetuate it in your family. Don't perpetuate it in your neighborhood. Don't perpetuate it. Come on. Don't speak it. Because when we lie, God hates it because God is the truth. And the only way to to, to have faith is to believe that God is telling the truth. All right? So, somebody say liars. I mean, there's a lot of scripture about that. Revelation 21. You've heard that before, haven't you? It talks about, you know, cowardly, unbelieving, vile, murderers, sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, idolaters, and this isn't all liars. They have a place in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. I don't want to lie. Come on. God is not into that. Because lying is a subtle attack on your faith. Now, get this. You need, I'm, I'm saying this over and over to get it into your heart. Faith is simply believing God. Amen. Got it? Faith is what? God. Faith is? Simply. What is faith? Believing it's believing God. I believe His Word. I believe His written Word. I believe His prophetic Word. I believe His Word about the future. I believe His Word about my eternity. I believe. God speaks the truth. Truth is God's language. Great faith is believing that God is reliable and will perform his word every time. When does God perform his word? On occasion? No. Every time. What does God do? He always performs his word. You say, well, I don't see God doing that. That's because you don't believe his word. If you believe his word, that is the faith that causes his word to be performed in your life. Jeremiah 1 and 12, the Lord said to me, you have seen well, I am ready to perform my word. In Joshua 21, not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed, every one was fulfilled. In Lamentations 2, the Lord has done what he planned, he has fulfilled his word, which he decreed long ago. Ezekiel 12 and 28, none of my words will be delayed any longer, whatever I say will be fulfilled, declares the sovereign Lord. In Galatians 6 and 9, here's, this is for us. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. In other words, don't give up on the word of God. I love this. I love this. All right. Faith. Faith is believing God. Here's something else faith is. Faith is the annihilation of fear. I hope I spelled that right. Is that right? Annihilation. Good. Let's just say it is. All right. Going back to last Sunday's teaching in 2 Timothy, I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you. Last week, I, I quoted just a load of scripture to you. Was anybody here last week? I just, I just dumped a load of scripture just that I'd learned as a child. You know, I don't ever think about what Psalm 23 says. I think, what was that Psalm 23? Oh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want to make me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Either I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't ever think about that. It's just in me. All right? Now, we believe that that's a part of what was going on here, but I want you to, I want you to look at this. He says, therefore, I, I, I remind you to stir up the gift. That's what we talked about with the coffee, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. In verse 7, I want you to focus on this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So somebody say fear. 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 Okay, so in the scripture, Timothy is going to walk in faith or he is going to walk in fear. That's what's going to happen. You're going to walk. Remember that faith that was given you? I'm giving you a spirit of fear. You're either going to walk in faith or you're going to walk in fear. And Paul says 
There was a faith that was in your family, and now it's in you. What an awesome inheritance. Praise God. But I, I, would, I would like to add that fear is not your inheritance. Fear is a curse. And I'd like to add that it is a curse upon our generation. And, and I, I'll, 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 let, me, let me give more credibility to that. And just a careful word study of the word fearfulness. It's cowardice, the inability to sustain, uh, the inability to walk in power. It is simply the opposite of a sound mind. Say fear again. Say fear. Say just say fear. Fear, fear. Listen, it's ultimately this. Fear. I hope you can get this the way I got it. Fear is the desire to control things that are out of your control. You might want to write that down. Why am I afraid? Because I can't control this. You got that? Fear is, I see a storm coming, I can't control that storm. Fear is when, how many have ever had anxiety before? Anybody ever had anxiety? Okay. Anxiety is a control issue. I want everything to be in my control. And when things are outside of my ability to control it, then I become anxious. God's Word tells us we're not supposed to be Anxious for nothing. We're supposed to have trust. We're supposed to have faith. Trust the Lord and pray and put these things in His hands. Anxiety out of control is depression. All right? Everything's out of control. I can't manage anything. So, how many have been far too anxious as a believer? Anybody in this room far too anxious? That's fear. God is calling me and you to trust him, to cast all of our cares on him, for he cares for you because anxiety will crush your faith and crush your ministry. I need to reach back and embrace my simple faith from grandma and great-grandma and realize that I'm going to trust God's word even when the world looks out of control. Are you with me on this? Damn, awesome. Okay, faith is the annihilation of fear. Now get this, faith is not a Sunday thing. Faith is how you live. It's just how you live. I'm going to wrap this up. This is, in, in Romans 1, Paul writes, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. For the just shall live by faith. Okay, now, I, if I can't get this out of your head, I'm, I'm struggling. I can feel the warfare right here because if I can get this, God's been telling me about the growth of this community. It's based upon faith, all right? Now, get this, get this, get this. He's saying that the just, the righteous live by, how do the righteous live? By faith. Faith is believing what? Faith is believing God, that God never God never lies. He always speaks the truth. That's why I'm into God's word because that's not the way that I go to church. It's not just what I read on occasion. The just live, walk, work, drive. Come on. We exist by faith. And, and, and he says this, the, uh, the righteousness of God is revealed. How do you know the righteousness of God? It's revealed by believing God and by believing God and by believing God. From faith to faith, I believe God, and then I believe God again, and I believe God again, and I, I'm, tomorrow I'm going to believe God. This afternoon I'm going to believe God. In the storm, I'm going to believe God because the just walk by faith. Amen. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I want to wrap this up. I... Hebrews 11. How many love Hebrews 11? It's the faith chapter, right? All right. Um, in Hebrews 11, there's so many things that are said. In verse 8, by faith he obeyed God and made his home in the promised land. Anybody know who that guy is? Abraham. Okay, Abraham was just, he was counted as faithful because of what he did. Okay, now anybody know Abraham's story? Abraham, father of Israel, just a guy really old. And he was married to a really old woman. Okay, I mean well beyond 
post-menopause, okay? It was like, sorry I said that, but it's the truth, okay? It's like not having any babies. None. He's really old. She's really old. And God says to Abraham, Abraham, I want you to leave your father's country. What is that? That's God's word. And if you will take action and leave your father's country and go to a place I will show you, I will make you into a great nation. And your seed will be as the stars of the sky and the sands of the sea. How many of you know the covenant that God made with Abraham? Okay. Now, Sarah heard this as well. You know what Sarah did? She laughed. Okay. She laughed. Okay, but Abraham believed and God, Abraham loaded up the truck and moved to Beverly, or moved to the promised land, Beverly Hillbillies. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> so he left, he left, he didn't have any children, he wasn't a wealthy man. God said he would provide, and God provided. Abraham left, and God made his word real. Amen. Some people say, well, you know, if I, if I stop living the life I'm living right now, that would mean that I would have to stop my unrighteousness. And I just don't know that I can live without my unrighteous life. See, you believe in God, but you don't believe God. That means you have no faith. Amen. If you had faith... You would turn from your sin and you would follow God. Abraham followed God. His, his, Abraham struggled. How many have ever struggled? Okay, He struggled. He thought, I'll just give everything to my servant Eliezer. Okay? That didn't work out. I, you know, Sarah struggled. I'll just, we'll just let him have another child you know, from, by my handmaiden because I can't have babies. But then Sarah got pregnant and she named, they named him. You know what they named him? Isaac. Do you know why they named him Isaac? You know what Isaac means? Laughter. That's what it means. Named him. That is one funny child right there. Naming laughter. You know why? Because God wants to remember just because you're laughing doesn't change God's word. God said, and you know what else God did? God blessed Isaac with sons. And then God blessed Jacob with 12 sons. And God kept moving and they kept saying, I don't believe God's word is true. But they kept believing and they kept trusting. All right? There was a, one, of, one of Jacob's, anybody heard of Joseph? Anybody heard of Joseph? Now, if you keep following in Hebrews 11, Joseph ends up with all of them in, in, uh, in, in, in Egypt, right? And... Uh, Joseph died in Egypt, even though God elevated him. But Joseph said, I want you to save my bones. Because when you all leave Egypt and go back to the promised land, I want you to bury them. Don't bury my bones because God has a promise for me. And so when, when God raises up a guy named Moses, and, and Hebrews 11 is full of Moses, right? Anybody remember Moses? Get Moses. Moses believed God's word so much that even though he was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter and had all the wealth of Egypt, everything that he wanted, because he believed God's word that he would make Israel a great nation, he rejected all of the wealth of Egypt and became an outcast, even an outlaw in order that he could lead God's people out of slavery and all the way to the promised land. Amen. Jesus. That's called faith. It's the assurance of things hoped for. It is the assurance. Somebody shout assurance. Sure. All right, now faith is what? Sure. Yeah, and what is the other thing? I said faith is believing not believing in God. Faith is believing. Jesus, you guys are learning. Anybody feel stronger in your faith right now? How many believe you need to learn the word of God? Anybody believe you need to know the word of God? Because the word of God is his covenant. Now, listen, I'm only telling you what I've lived. All right? It's what I believe, but it's what I've also lived. I'm going I'm to finish this up. I know you're shouting amen because you want ice cream. All right. You got, how many need your faith to grow? Anybody need your faith to grow? All right, stand, stand up with me. Stand up with me. Don't leave because I've got, this, I got some more things to say to you while you're standing because your legs are getting stiff and I want you to be... All right? All right? 
All right, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you four things. Four things. Look right here. Four things. All right? At the same time. Increase your faith. Okay? I use my faith heavily in my prayer. Anybody else? We pray in faith. So if you want your prayers to work, stop praying according to your word and start praying according to His. Okay? If you don't know God's word, you're not good at praying. Okay? Pray according to God's word because faith is believing God and God does not lie. Okay? Secondly, worship God for who He is. Does that make sense? Worship God because of who He is. How many have ever heard in Scripture that He is your provider? Anybody heard that? Going back to that faith moment. Anybody go back to that faith moment with me, would you? Abraham, they got a son named Isaac. God says, hey, I want you to take your only son Isaac up to this mountain and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. Well, God, you said that you would give me a son and how now this can't be you. God said, God just spoke it. So Abraham loaded up his son, took him to the mountain. Moriah, Abraham, and Isaac are there. And he tells the servants, you guys stay here while me and the lad go yonder. And Isaac looks over at Daddy and says, hey, Dad, Dad, uh, see some wood. You know, don't see a sacrifice. And Abraham says, God will provide. Somebody shout, God will provide. Jesus. Worship him. And that's where we get the term Jehovah Jireh because they get to the mountain. Abraham is just following God. He's doing just like he did when he was an older, a younger, older man. He is saying, okay. He builds an altar. He gets his son, lays him up there. Dad. And then God provides a lamb, a ram in the thicket. The angel of the Lord comes by and says, here, I got you a sacrifice. Now you take that, you take it all the way to the New Testament. God is our provider. What did he provide? He provided Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But how many know that God is provisionary? He knows your needs, right? God provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory. How many believe God is a healer? Anybody believe that? That's what the word of God says. He's Jehovah Rapha. He is God our healer. Uh, how many believe he is our victory? Anybody believe that? He is declared as our victory. How many believe he's our shepherd? Anybody believe that? Then, so worship him like that. Now I already preached this. So I won't stay too much longer. Refuse to allow fear to control any area of your life. Okay, so where there is anxiety, there is also fear, right? So when you're dealing with fear, you're dealing with anxiousness, anxiety, which could become depression, right? And what we're saying is, I'm not going to let fear control any area of my life. And keep your eyes open for miracles, all right? Some of you don't see miracles, I see them all the time. I'm looking in this room right now and I see miracles. I could tell stories of people that are right in this room right now that I remember where they were and what God did. Am I right about some of you guys in this room? But I keep miracles, I keep my eyes open for miracles in my life. Sometimes I want things to happen like this. God says, no, I'm going to let you walk this journey out and I'm going to do it right here, right? But I keep my eyes open for miracles. I mean, look up at this boy up here. I am a miracle. And then act upon your faith. Remember the stirring? Remember the stirring? Here's the stirring, okay? Faith without action is dead. Okay? Faith without action is dead. That simply means this, okay? Going back to the Old Testament. Remember when the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea? They all just got to the Red Sea and they dove in. and No, that's not what happened. They got to the Red Sea and Aaron stretched his rod across. He took action. And then the waters parted. And when they got to the Jordan River, the priests put their feet in the water according to God's word. And then the waters parted. And when they got to the Jericho, they marched around the walls according to the word of God. And then the walls fell down. So any of you that think that I'm just going to sit here and wait upon God, you need to get up off your glorified backside and do something in the kingdom of God. 
Can I get an amen from somebody? You need to get busy. You need to pray. You need to preach. You need to do something. I'm telling you, get a vacuum cleaner. Do something for the glory of God. Do something. Talk to somebody. Pray. Pray for somebody. Anoint someone. Anoint yourself. Believe God's word. Get into the word of God, but act upon your faith. And faith is simply believing God. Faith is believing God. But if you believe God and you take no action, then it's just really a dusty Bible on your shelf, right? Anybody receive the word of God? Shout amen. 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 Faith is what? Faith is what? Believing God. What does God never do? What will God never do? God will never what? Lie. All right. How many of us lie? And when we lie, whose language are we speaking? Satan. All right? Nothing happens when we speak Satan's language, right? The utterance of God is truth, right? It's truth. All right. I feel good. I feel better. I feel like I've shared my heart. I want my altar workers to come and stand. People who are ready to pray for people, I want you to come and stand. Let's read that scripture again. Now faith is, read it. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. Read it again. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Praise God. Now listen. Some of you need to give your life over to the Lord Jesus. That is an act of faith. Out of that faith, you're going to confess the truth of God's word, which is that Jesus Christ is the Lord. And then in your heart, you're going to believe that God raised him from the dead. You're going to act upon God's word. You're aligning yourself in faith. All right? So some of you need to surrender your life to Jesus. Perhaps you've not done that. Today is the day that God has set up for you to come to Christ or to return to Christ. Some people are away from God and you need to return to him. Don't be afraid of these folks. They have messed up every bit as much as you ever have. I'm telling you, I can tell all their stories. All right? Uh, they're your friends. They're your brothers and your sisters. However, they are qualified and have qualified themselves to anoint and pray for you, okay? And also to speak truth into your life. If you have sin in your life, this would be a great day to come, just come on down and say, man, I would like to, this is what's going on. They'll counsel and, and minister to you. If you're sick, they will also pray for you. Because the Bible says this is God's word and it's true. If you have any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church and anoint them with oil. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And if they've committed sins, it will be forgiven them. Okay, so if you would like to be healed, uh, just believe in faith and come on down and we'll pray for you for your healing. All right, anybody receive this? You got, you got this? All right, so. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, I release this congregation so that they can now receive uh, so those that need to pray, Father, I pray that they would step out of their seats uh, now. Okay, I'm-